Welcome to a new episode of My Dear Kitchen in Helsinki podcast. My guest today is entrepreneur Kia Nesman. Kia is the founder of Raseboris Fermentary, a delicious brand of fermented foods based in Raseboris, Finland. Kia and I talked about her company, her products, her passion for fermentation, and we fermented some thoughts together. Check out www.raseborisfermentary.com to find out about all her products, orders, and contact information. As always, special thanks to my dear friend Ufuke Juman for the sound editing. Right, hi, hi, and um, welcome to uh, this interview, and thank you for accepting to do this interview. Um, fermentation is... In, uh, a rather foreign topic for me, even though I did try my hands on it uh, a few times. So it's going to be, for me, um, a learning process, this interview as well. Um, so before today, we're, I want to talk about um, your, your company, uh, Rasebor Fermentary, but also I want to expand this interview a little, bit, a little bit, especially expand the word fermentation and fermenting into other realms as well. And we'll see how it goes. But before we start doing this, um, can you briefly introduce yourself and your background? Yeah. Hi, and thanks for inviting me. Um, my name is Kia Nesman, and like you said, my company's name is Raseboris Fermenteri, and uh, it's gonna turn two years now. Um, I don't really know how to what else to introduce myself about I've been doing fermenting for maybe seven years but I just started a business two years ago mm-hmm. but um yeah briefly especially about this uh, start of the fermentation I mean how and why did you uh, get interested in fermentation well I was living in California and I was a housewife with two little children and California is very uh, health orientated and you can eat whatever you want, uh, organic, you can find fresh, beautiful produce there. And, um, and then I was, um, you know, cooking a lot and uh, I was, uh, I became acquainted with fermentation through this blog that I was reading and I started trying it and And of course, this is a question that I'm asked frequently, and I don't really know why. Mm. What, what was the thing that like um, uh, attracted me to it? But it was, uh, let's say, would it have been seven years ago? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's uh, fascinating. Yeah. But then let's let's start with a little bit. Uh, technical details. So, what is fermentation, and what are the different types of fermentation? Well, uh, basically, you can ferment almost uh, anything. I would say the thing that I'm mostly doing is uh, vegetable fermentation. So, uh, there's also many different ways of doing that. But um, I use salt only. Mm. Other people use. Um, um way i was trying to find the word in english uh but yeah so basically uh with uh, vegetable salt fermentation you just create an atmosphere for the vegetables uh you know bad bacteria don't like salt so you make it salty enough that the bad bacteria can't multiply it. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but the acid bacteria are not scared of salt. So then they get free reign of multiplying when there's no other bacteria there to fight. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's that in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, you know, humans have been fermenting foods for, for thousands of years, uh, in, in most cases as a way to uh, preserve, of course. Um, but what do you think are the benefits, especially health benefits of eating fermented foods? Yeah, I think uh, humans used to do that, especially here in Finland, because you can't get anything fresh in the winter and the winter season is really long. So uh, it's, uh, it's a way of preserving where you actually like increase the nutritional value in thing that you um, um, that you preserve. Mm -hmm. And that's actually also what intrigued me in the first place. Uh, well, there's, uh, of course, uh, it's always a slippery slope with this uh, to talk about uh, health benefits because I'm not a doctor and I'm not really allowed to say that my products are healthy for you, but they have lots of uh, natural prebiotics and probiotics, which is uh, known to their people know by these days that the gut is your other brain and the, your gut uh, flora and balance affects like pretty much everything yeah. uh, in your whole body and the balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now let's talk about Rasiboris fermentary. Okay. Um, so you've been, you said that you've been doing fermentation or at least interested in it for seven years, but you, you started two years ago uh, to do this company. So, so, so why or how did you decide to start a company on this? Um, it's actually like uh, I was kind of fighting against it the whole time, but it felt like there was all these signs that kept showing me that I should really go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I bumped into this uh, food uh, artisan course here locally in Rasibori, and uh, it was like a weekend a month where you would learn like uh, the kind of the boring side of having a company, like the bookkeeping and how to start a company and the finances and all this and uh of course it's like there's a lot of bureaucracy you know around that and it's not just uh you know hanging out with the vegetables and the, and selling to people but yeah I don't know as I said it just is it was kind of a calling I would say okay mm, I can I can so sort of relates to it because I almost started my company among other few things, but uh, what uh, six years ago, almost with same uh, things in my head and, and heart. So I can relate to that. Um, now, before we go into uh, just for people who are not familiar uh, with with Finland, where is where exactly is Rasebori? Well, everybody is uh, in the world is familiar with the orange scissors. So mm -hmm. uh, my fermentary is in Fiskar's village where they have been making those yeah. scissors since the 1600s. Yeah. But basically it's one and a half hours west from um, uh, Helsinki mm -hmm. and pretty close to the coast. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yet. I mean, I've been here. I, this is, this is a... 
shameful thing to admit, but I've been living here in Finland for 10 years and I haven't yet visited Fiskars village, but I'm hoping. Well, that. this summer. Yeah. Yeah, this summer. <laughs> you should come and say hi. Yes, yes. I really want to. Uh, I'm planning a Western, uh, if we can, of course, travel. <laughs> um, yeah. A, a Western uh, side of Finland kind of um, exploration. But yeah, let's continue. So. Please introduce Rasibori Fermentary to our listeners. Your products, your production methods, your your uh, ingredients. Where how do you get them? What type of ingredients you used, and so on. Okay. Well, uh, I make mostly sauerkraut and kimchi in the winter season, and I try to get my uh, vegetables from as close by as possible. At some point, I have like. Always, uh, probably around uh, Christmas, I've already used up all the local cabbage. And then I order from a um, uh, wholesale, but it's always uh, organic and domestic uh, um, cabbage anyways. And by now, by this time, cabbage is uh, almost going to be out. And when I'm going to call them next time, maybe, or one of these times, they're going to say, there's no more cabbage. Hmm. But now um, summer season is starting. So in the summertime, I make uh, everything that I can get from the local farmers. So that's a really inspiring and fun time yeah. in the summers. Make cucumbers and beans and chili sauce. And this summer I'm going to make like some fermented spreads to put on bread because I've been lucky enough to know lots of uh, sourdough bakers and I've got really into trading and eating sourdough bread uh, so i want to put something super yummy on it oh, fermented yeah. on fermented yeah <laughs> double fermented and uh, and yeah and uh, yeah i ferment garlic and make garlic paste i like to make vinegar also from my own apples and uh yeah pretty basic just uh vegetable ferments yeah and your production methods there is some information on that in your in your website uh, like you what kind of yeah you use and things like that but if you can elaborate on that here in english as well yeah um so i i don't use any plastic i ordered my uh, crocs they're ceramic 20 liter crocs from germany mm-hmm. in high school german and uh they um Yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've got criticism that, oh, they're they're so heavy and they're so difficult to wash. But I'm like, yes, but it's a conscious decision because I don't want to add any more plastic to our bodies, which we get enough anyways. So basically, uh, yeah, uh, I use glass jars also. and, uh, And yeah. That's if that's that's what you were getting at, I think. Yes, exactly. Was there, yeah. Um, now I found your products and your you, I mean your your brand uh, in Muji store in Kampi Helsinki, um, mm-hmm. and I got this pulse um, parsnip kimchi. Yeah. And now I'm eyeing the uh, turmeric. Uh, was it paste or something like this? Looking yeah. really because I love turmeric. Uh, not not just the um, not just the taste of it, but also the color of it. Uh, so the next one is going to be that. But where else can people find your products? 
Uh, well, Muji is the only one in Helsinki that sells my products products right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite way to sell is to go to record rounds because I get to meet the customer. It's like uh, you can like get direct feedback or you can like say, hey, this, this batch of kimchi is a little spicier this time or whatever. And then also it's uh, economically the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But I do have some other, uh, there's other stores that sell my products also in Tammisaari, mm-hmm. here in Fiskars, in uh, Maatilapuoti, in Kirkkonummi, uh, Hanko, mm-hmm. K-City in Lohja. And then there's some restaurants that order also. And then, of course, markets. And uh, and then also people can um, uh, get a private. Uh, I, I also deliver home if it's like a minimum of 100 euro mm. order. So sometimes people do so that they get together with their friends and then then they order mm. and then uh, accommodate according to my other uh, drivings or other comings to, for example, Helsinki. Okay, that's good to know. I, I, yeah. I they have many friends who are interested in uh, in fermented products, and if we can't find them uh, something in 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 Muji yet, we can also maybe get together to do that. Um, yeah, and especially in the summertime, there's going to be more like small batches of limited edition things. So you can just shoot an email. Mm-hmm. That you can find on my website and then I can send you the list of what I have at the moment and yeah oh, easy <laughs> um, now you're a small scale entrepreneur um, so what do you, how do you feel against or about uh, mass production fermented products and especially their place in the markets well um, I would say that uh, there's no way that for example I can make enough ferments to feed the whole population mm-hmm. uh, without like becoming a machine myself. Yeah. So I think it's good that there's uh, other people doing it, but I guess it's like with mass production, anything, I feel like uh, there's not a, a, a really important ingredient is like love and there has to be some thought behind it, you know, because mm-hmm. everything is energy anyways. Yeah. So people can have a choice of eating something small produced with good ingredients and uh, and lots of conscious like ideas put in there. Then that's like, uh, why why not do that? Yeah. If you can, if you have choice. Yeah. True. Um, now this brings me to uh, the topic of local food system in Finland. Uh, how do you situate then Rasebori's fermentary in the local food system of Finland? Uh, well, of course, uh, uh, I am a small-scale entrepreneur, and I use uh, as much as possible local products and i think it's like i've been actually thinking a lot about this about how like supermarkets for example work and it's kind of a new system Mm -hmm. and that's not a very sustainable system at all Mm -hmm. and you know with evolution we try different things and we maybe find out that some things don't work and maybe we go back to what we was before like let's say lp uh, CD, CD. We, we find out that records are better than CDs, anyways. Mm. So <laughs> I'm rambling, yeah. but uh, I think that the way to go 
uh, would be like reco or like buying straight from the farm mm-hmm. or there's a lot of different ways now to e- even order online with like a big variety of things and you can even get them home delivered mm-hmm. uh, so you know there's a lot of uh, food waste in the supermarket yeah. system and it's definitely very un- unsustainable yeah. unsustainable so so, so, you, so I think I'm, I'm right there <laughs> within mm-hmm. the sustainability thing. Um, so you, you, you yourself, yourself used the word sustainability, and that was my next question, actually, local food sustainability. Um, what is your sort of definition of sustainability in the local context, or if you want, in, in general, in food sustainability? And... Do you think uh, fermentation itself can be a tool for sustainability? Well, I think like uh, what my definition of sustainability would be, maybe like least harm to least amount of people or mm-hmm. or or the planet, you know? Like uh, if there is choices of doing it different, then why not do it, do it in a, Uh, friendlier way Um, I'm like now I'm like completely sidetracked with my thoughts what was your last what what did you ask me sorry can fermentation be a tool for sustainability yeah definitely Uh, well even the way how I started fermenting was that uh, I had lots of uh, vegetables always in the fridge that were going bad and I would just throw them all in one big pot and ferment them and I would have ferments that have up to 12 different things and that way you don't have to throw it away and and you can just uh, preserve it for a really long time and even add the nutritional value so -hmm. that's just like a small like um, trick that everybody can do at home even yeah for sustainability that's a very good point because there is a massive amount of food waste um in finland as well so that could be a good way also to tackle with that uh, especially uh, coming from your example um, um but but talking about finland then um i mean we talked about local food system local food sustainability but then there is the local cuisine and you briefly mentioned about uh, how for example people have been uh, doing fermenting in 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 finland due to you know for thousands of years uh, uh but what is exactly the position of fermentation and fermented products in Finnish cuisine? If you could um, introduce a bit Finnish cuisine to our listeners, for instance. Well, somehow, like, I'm absolutely certain that Finnish people have, like, fermented vegetables forever. Mm-hmm. But I think it has somehow died out here in uh, in between a little bit because uh, there's not, like, a as strong as a, of a culture of that, like in, uh, for example, Russia or Estonia or Poland. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, uh, next weekend we have Vapu, 1st of May. So like a pretty uh, um, traditional drink, for example, for Vapu is Sima, yeah. which uses bread yeast these <laughs> days. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I have my suspicions that we've probably made it with like uh, birch sap back in the day because that's per- the season coincides perfectly okay. and then of course our claim to fame with like ferment uh, fermented things is like of course the rye bread 
and and vili, which is like a very stringy um, milk ferment that's like um, kind of resembles yogurt, but it's very stringy. I would just uh, lift those up here in the yeah. Finnish fermentation food culture. Mm, this really is a has been an interesting thing for me since I came. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> like as a taste itself, uh, and I, and I really like it myself. Um, but now, apart from fermenting foods, the word fermentation itself is used for many different metaphors, such as cultural fermentation or social fermentation, political fermentation, and so on. What is your view on this? And uh, what I actually wish to ask you, what would you wish to ferment other than foods? Well, I mean, um, uh, in, in a, if, if we like um, think of the word ferment as <laughs> leaving something uh, unmanipulated, un, uh, to mature and become even better mm-hmm. uh, then well there's a lot of things that could be fermented in the world clearly mm-hmm. i mean um what what would i lift up hmm i don't know i can't really answer that question it's like uh, there's uh without getting into like this long thing about like philosophical thing about how the state of the world is and i think maybe the first thing that we should all ferment would be our own selves hmm. and really go deep into our own heart and and take all the traumas and the darkness from there and heal ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can be the change we want to see in the world okay that's and it. then everything starts from there mm-hmm. then let me ask another question um and for this i got uh, inspired by uh, this fermentation guru uh, sandor katz i'm personally interested in social Uh, and also political uh, aspects of food, food-related issues, food-related uh, processes, and so on. So, what do you think is the social impact or or aspect of fermentation? And um, he uses this uh, fermentation is an engine for social change kind of thing. Would you? Would you agree on that, or how would you think fermentation in the social uh, social side of it? Well, um, it's a little bit difficult to like really uh, understand what because I haven't read his new book, yeah. so I don't know exactly what ideas he has about fermentation uh, being as um, adding to social change. Mm-hmm. But um, how I would see it, just in general, like how people eat and what they eat mm-hmm. uh, should probably go back a little bit to like the basics and people really like, you know, looking at the food you're eating, feeling the energy, where it comes from. Yeah. And then uh, in that way, probably appreciating, uh, starting to appreciate your surroundings also in a 
different way. Mm -hmm. If you grow your food, uh, if you actually like put the time and the energy into like fermenting and watching it uh, develop, you'll uh, you'll start to grow a bigger, um, you know, uh, appreciation and love towards your surroundings in general. I think. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, well, uh, if you do your own fermentation and so on, um, what would be your recommendations? Now I'm going back to the actual fermentation process, but what would you? What would be the some of the recommendations you have for those who would like to do it themselves at home? How should they start? Any tips? Um, well, if we're talking about vegetable ferments, then um, it's pretty quite easy, like uh, maybe just start taking the stuff that's going bad in the fridge, mm -hmm. uh, slice it up into, grate, in, grate it into little, uh, little smaller <laughs> pieces, mm -hmm. add salt. It's easy to Google like um, how much salt and anyways, there is as many ways to ferment as there is people doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And massaging it so that the liquid of the vegetables comes out and then just making sure for example put it in a bowl put on a, a plate as a weight maybe a water bottle on top on top and then wrap it around mm -hmm. uh, wrap a towel around and then leave it just leave it for like 10 days mm, yeah. and then see what what's happening open it up like a christmas present <laughs> yeah i did with my uh with one of my close friends uh who herself already is uh, very much into fermentation with i did uh, quite a lot of different um different vegetable fermentation uh last autumn actually and it was it was fun and it was my first sort of first time to do that even though I come from like um, I remember my mother doing uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, pickling and, and things like that and also I think I'm not sure what she was doing but she was doing some kind of preservation related to uh, local fish as well when I was a kid uh -huh. Though I, I tried to find out what it was but it was so long ago she had already forgotten what it was so so oh no! <laughs> um, but are uh, you from Iran or where? Turkey. Where? Turkey. Ah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so these are my questions. And um, what would, if you have any final words or or comments, the the, the final stage will be yours. But also, uh, what would be a question from you to our listeners to think further? after listening to this episode? Hmm. Well, um, I think uh, maybe to think of uh, ways how to make, uh, make it easier uh, and more sustainable for people to um, where, they, where they get their food from, mm -hmm. to maybe start develop ways of uh, beyond the supermarket. Um, mm -hmm. formula <laughs> yeah that's what's that's something that I'm personally uh, now involved with doing uh, I'm looking I'm working with some local um, food co-op and I'm learning every time I go there new things uh, and it's been it's so sort of and now I'm looking forward to the new season with new fresh produce that I mostly don't have anything about because because you know 
my relationship with food so far have been mostly from just supermarkets. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's changing for everybody, I think, mm. right yeah. now. Yeah, and and uh, last week I got uh, a food bag also again from uh, Omama that I'm working with, and I got, for example, mahla birch sap for the first time, and yeah. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I asked, "What do you do with that?" And then they said, "Oh, you just drink it." And oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We had some sap running also here, but uh, my back was hurt for two weeks, so I couldn't wobble up to the forest to check it. So Mm -hmm. it was uh, pretty minimal. I asked my daughter to go empty the bottles sometimes. Last year, I fermented sap, and it's beautiful also. I still have a bottle left from last year. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm, I think, going to go to Muji and buy that turmeric one that I've been I hope there's still some left <laughs> because I was, was, I just wanted to first try the kimchi that I told you, this Naka kimchi, but now I want to go yeah. to that turmeric uh, one. Yeah, the turmeric has uh, garlic and ginger also. Oh. It's kind of like, uh, you can use it if you're like lazy and you just want some fast food, you can throw it on yeah. vegetables or something afterwards. And, and then that's, that's enough for spicing. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, thank you for this interview. I'm happy that we could do this. And uh, I'm hopefully, if we can travel in summer, uh, hopefully this time we'll be there. And um, if you are there as well, maybe I get to meet you in person too. Um, Yeah, there's so much uh, food adventures to be made here in this area. You're so welcome to visit. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you and um, good luck with your um, fermentation adventure and uh, we'll ho- hopefully meet one day. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about the blog behind this podcast, check out www.mydearkitchenandhelsinki.com and find it also on Instagram and Facebook. Have a delicious week.